Welcome to The Everyday Creative, a podcast that encourages creation over consumption. I'm Emily, a certified health education specialist. And I'm Evie, a licensed art therapist. And together, we talk about ways everyday people can incorporate creativity into their lives in order to consume less and create more. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Everyday Creative, where we talk about ways everyday people can incorporate creativity into their lives in order to consume less and create more. I'm Evie, an art therapist living in Punta Gorda, Florida. And I'm Emily, a nutrition and fitness professional living in Kailua, Hawaii. In this episode today, we're going to be talking about the opposite of creativity, which is consumption. So in our first episode, we defined consumption as the external act of using up a resource. So what we want to do today is talk more about the specifics of consumption. So what that actually is, how that shows up in your life, things like that. And we're going to do this through just asking each other questions, discussing that. Um, Some of them will be more statements than questions, but you'll get the idea. So I think the first thing to talk about is what a resource actually is. So Evie, why don't you start? Like, what are your, what are your thoughts? What is a resource to you? So a resource is anything can pretty much be anything in the world. Like as humans, we use a lot of resources. That's how we survive. That's what human nature is. We need to use resources. So there's things like food. We need food in order to sustain life, to Mm -hmm. gain energy, to use all the nutrients available in our um, food supply. So I would Mm -hmm. say food. Yeah, that well, that's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I think a lot of those mm-hmm. kind of fall under fall under resources, you know, food, shelter, yeah. community. At, at the bottom of the pyramid, community is mm-hmm. I think a little up, but at the bottom of the pyramid is like survival things. So you need mm-hmm. food, water, and shelter, and then yeah. above that is um, then comes things like community. A lot of these resources are finite in a lot of ways, Uh, like time. There's only 24 hours in a day. You can't go mining for more time. True. And some of these are just like limitations of being a human. So Mm -hmm. obviously humans only live a certain amount of time. Same things Mm -hmm. with animals. But um, I feel like time is sometimes we use time as an excuse not to do something like I I don't have I don't have enough time to exercise I don't have enough time to call you know fill in the blank such and so I don't have time to do this thing but I really think it's not necessarily time that I think should be considered as a resource I really think the true resource is the now is this moment And what you do with that moment is what matters. Because sometimes I think as humans, we tend to look to the future too much as like, okay, in the future, things are going to be better. Or as soon as I get here, as soon as I do that, things are going to calm down or be better. And in that, we tend to waste the now in this moment. You know what I'm saying? Like thinking too much about how things will be better in the future, but the true resource is this moment and what you're doing with it. 
Yeah, that makes sense. It's it's about priorities and values, which I mean, I think we'll talk more about values and stuff later. So we don't really need to go down that path. But yeah, I, I, instead of saying I don't have the time, I've started saying I don't make the time mm-hmm. to do X, Y, and Z because it's yeah. not a priority to me. Speaking of priorities, this is a little bit off topic, but um, the word priority wasn't used as a plural until like, I forget what decade, like 70s, 80s, 90s. It was always just priority just because you can just have one. There's only one space for number one, you Mm -hmm. know, but then people talk about what are your priorities as if you can have more than one thing at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, as like a what like a self-improvement thing mm-hmm. talking about values and priorities it's really important to have that main priority but I do think we have the capacity to have multiple things that we're interested in and things that we want to spend our time on but if you truly want to be great like we're talking about elite athletes and like people at the very top of their field or whatever it is I really think it is necessary to define that priority and everything mm-hmm. else it does take a backseat. It has to in order to be great. But that's, you right. have to determine whether or not you want to be great. Because you don't have to be great at, right. at one thing. You it's don't have to sacrifice. perform. It really is. So I think it's important to define that, you know, for yourself as to what is important. Yeah. And then using all the time that you can on that thing. There you go. Yeah. So I think, uh, and then we'll keep talking about some more resources. Uh, money is usually things people talk about. I don't, and this goes maybe into money mindset. I don't think money necessarily has to be finite. It's finite in the moment, but I think like you do have the capacity to make more money, to earn more money and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how you look at money and whether or not you think you have access to earn or gain more money or not. Mm -hmm. But you don't think that even in the grand scale that money is finite? Uh, That's a good question. I I don't think so. Hmm. I, and, and more that's just an attitude that I've chosen to take on for myself because I do have scarcity issues around money It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm afraid to spend it because I'm afraid I won't have more. So this is Mm -hmm. more just a personal attitude that I'm trying to take on for myself. Right. So I'm not, because I have the tendency to underbuy, to make do with what I have, which I think are all like good qualities. It's about being frugal. I'm not talking about being wasteful, but to the point, like if you're trying to grow a business, if you're not willing to invest in that business, it's not going to grow. Mm -hmm. Like being afraid to spend money on something that's important for fear that you won't have more of it. Right. So that's like, yes, I'm, I'm limited with the money I have in the moment, but I just need to have that attitude that I can earn more. And like, if I invest in something, I will get greater returns in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can get on board with that. And that's something I've been working on as well. Cause I think we share that just growing up 
and with the family that we did and Mm -hmm. single mother with four children, we lived in scarcity, you know, we were constantly being reminded to turn the water off or not drink all the milk or, you know, just being aware. (laughs) Yeah. Could not drink, could not. (laughs) Whoever drinks all the milk, oh man, you're getting an earful. Yeah. Cause mom wouldn't have milk for her coffee in the morning. And that was important. It was was very important. important. She had her priorities. Yeah. And now that I'm older and I drink coffee, I get it. Yeah, me too. Totally. Other resources. Other resources. I think your energy is a resource, maybe even more so than time. Because I think if you don't have the energy to spend your time in ways that you want, that's where you end up with problems. Or you don't Mm -hmm. have the energy to make those decisions on how to prioritize. I think that's where. I think there's something that's called my hand. My head is going in all different directions because energy, Mm -hmm. I think is a really interesting topic. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's something called decision fatigue where if you have a lot of decisions to make, then it drains your energy. So Mm -hmm. one thing that I've done is to limit my wardrobe. And I really, honestly, I'd prefer to just wear a uniform every day. You know, you can do that even if you're not forced to. Yes. And I have done more of that. And I Mm kind of go back and forth on it because on one hand, I, I want to... I think color and clothes Mm -hmm. conveys an energy and I like to bring a certain energy to work. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of go back and forth on that, but I also don't want a lot of things. I don't want a lot of clothes and I don't want to make that kind of decision first thing in the morning. So I think having a routine, having certain things that you wear and just doing the same thing, it really reduces the effort that you need to put into every single decision that you make. Um, Exactly. And again, that, that goes back to what you want to focus your attention and energy on, because for some people, they may really enjoy like showing their creativity in what they wear Mm -hmm. and doing their makeup, doing their hair. That may be something that they really want to prioritize. So of course that's not for everyone, but that's not me. I don't want to, I don't want to put a lot of energy into that. Yeah. I think it is more difficult for women because there is this expectation that women Mm -hmm. need to still like present themselves in a certain way, especially professionally. Yes. And, and yeah, so I think there is that double standard. Like, you know, when you look at, because you were talking about people wearing the same things every day, like your mind automatically goes to like Obama and Steve Jobs and Who's that Facebook guy? Uh, Mark, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Yes. Yeah. They all wear the same thing every day. Like, you know, Obama would wear like the same suit every day, but then like mm-hmm. these other guys are wearing the same t-shirt and jeans every day. Why? Well, I don't think women can do that in a professional setting and be taken as seriously. I agree. Because Even now. Yeah. And it's true. And it's, um, I think there's a lot of, like you said, expectation, but there's also a lot of judgment mm-hmm. and um, uh, assumptions made about mm-hmm. how you dress and what you're wearing. And that somehow equals your capabilities, your uh, professionalism, your approachableness Yeah. In in a professional setting. But then on the flip side, I try not to let those kind of things dictate. Right. Like how, how much I, did that matter? Right. 
Because then that would be wasting your energy. Yes. Yeah. Wasting your energy concerned what other people think. So I think falling under energy comes with willpower and motivation. Like you were talking about decision fatigue, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think the way I think that shows up for me is when you're talking about food. Like if you've just decided that you're going to eat the same thing for breakfast every day, that eliminates Mm -hmm. a huge section of decisions. Or if you've decided, you know, I'm not going to eat a certain food and you don't make exceptions. Uh, Gretchen Rubin has um, like something she calls like moderators and abstainers. There are Mm -hmm. some people that do better from abstaining from something completely. So it's easier to say no every time than it is to decide when you're going to say yes. Exactly. You know? I've done that with with alcohol. I'm not sure if Mm -hmm. this is something that I've mentioned on this podcast yet, but I've given up alcohol because it used to be an issue for me. It used to be a Mm -hmm. problem. So it's much easier now for me to just say no than for me to decide, okay, whether or not it's appropriate, whether or not I'm in the right state of mind or where I am, because all of those things would affect my alcohol consumption. And so now it's just much easier to just not drink. And that way I don't have to decide, is it okay for me to drink right now or is it not? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like another resource is maybe physical things. Mm-hmm. So we've already talked a little bit about, you know, food and things like that. I think we can also look at the earth and the environment and all the, like the raw materials that you get from the earth as being a, um, as being a resource, mm-hmm. like your fossil fuels, your all the minerals that they have to mine for when it comes to making these electric cars and solar panels and mm-hmm. cell phones and, you know, all the stuff that they're using to save the environment. Well, some of those raw components are coming from the earth. So it's mm-hmm. physical or so it's finite and limited. Yeah. Um, and I think these things, like for me in particular, this is not something that I'm very aware of because Mm -hmm. I don't consider myself an environmentalist, although I understand and recognize these things are important and it's something Mm -hmm. I do pay more attention to, but I don't, I'm not involved in like the production of these things and what it takes and what goes into this or that. And I think that's most of society because we have outsourced so much of our production through industry and technology and that kind of thing that so many people are using things without understanding what really goes into it mm-hmm. and what they're really consuming. Yeah, absolutely. That I mean, that definitely happens with food. You know, when mm-hmm. you get food, you go to the grocery store, you don't go to your backyard and you know, butcher your cow anymore. So Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely a disconnect with that. Absolutely. I I think we're going to talk more about awareness later. So we can move on from that. Um, I have a note to talk about love as a -hmm. a resource. Do you think that qualifies? Okay, love. um, I think this is a really interesting choice in terms of a resource because I I think there can be a lot of debate around this, Mm -hmm. but I consider love to be not a resource as much as a level of energy. And Mm -hmm. this goes back to energy. So I think energy, um, we can use up energy and we can be depleted of energy if it's negative energy. Love though is a a higher level of consciousness. And mm-hmm. depending on what kind of love you're talking about, I think true love is 
it is infinite. So you have the capacity to love, to Mm -hmm. love every human being. But of course, you're not going to spend the same time, the same uh, loving acts on everyone. We have like different levels and different categories of love. But I think we have the capacity to love everything under, you know, God's creation. Mm -hmm. That's true love, though. Right. What we're talking about in terms of true love is respect for yourself and respect for everyone else as having the same amount of worth and value because they're all God's creation. And I'm using the term God for for lack of a better term. God Just a general in my, term for higher power. Yes. God okay. in my eyes is what connects everyone and everything mm-hmm. on this earth. Mm-hmm. So love in that regard, I believe, is infinite. Okay. So that wouldn't necessarily be a resource then as we define it? Not in that term. But if you're talking about love in terms of spending time, it's like the love that requires other resources, like your time, your energy, your focus, your, you know, level of attention. Mm -hmm. That I feel like is finite because we can't spend the same amount of time with everyone, nor do we have the same amount of energy. And you wouldn't want to give your energy to everyone in that way. Right. Because some people, they are, they will drain you of your energy, you know? Mm -hmm. So you can love someone from a distance without doing all the things that we expect that come along with love. Oh, that makes sense. So how does consumption show up in your life? So I can just look around my room and see how (laughs) it shows up in my life, like with things that you put in your house, with clothes, with uh, books, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. You know, you want, you want to have things looking a certain way in your house, Mm -hmm. um, what do you think? Yeah, I think the the most obvious ways are going to be those those physical things, those tangible things. And some intangible things like consumption of content. I feel like everything is labeled content now. Mm-hmm. Um, so your social media, watching TV, playing video games, all that stuff is consumption. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, some of maybe the more or less obvious ways they show up is through reading. I read a lot, but that, and I think most people categorize reading as a good thing, but for me, I think I'm using it in the same way people use like social media or TV, like as a means for escape, mm-hmm. you know, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think we all need that, but reading to the point of, well, I'm not, maybe doing other things that I need to be doing, you know? Yeah. Reading to the point where you need to uh, make it a goal to read less, <laughs> to read I less. think you mentioned recently. <laughs> yep, that is that is one of my things that I'm you, trying to that's do. Like, you less. might have a problem if. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. like, you know, people, like on your phone, people, if you're bored waiting in line, they they pull up the social media app or whatever and scroll Mm -hmm. through. 
Well, I'm pulling up my Kindle app and, you know, instead of just <laughs> pulling like, a book out of my purse, <laughs> instead of just like relaxing and being in the moment, I'm like, no, let me see how much reading I can get done. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely, definitely do that, which is why I think I need to probably read less. Uh huh. Um, and I think same with learning too. Learning can be consumptive and, that, and that's what we've talked about before. Like overall, I think learning is a good thing. But I think the way in which you use it maybe isn't great. For example, I think I use right. learning as a form of procrastination, you know? Yes, like, absolutely. Let me, let me learn how to do this new thing instead mm-hmm. of jumping in and doing it. You know? Like listening to more podcasts about how to start a podcast or <laughs> exactly. watching videos about how to create something rather than mm-hmm. just getting started because right. there's a big difference between book learning or like formal education <laughs> and like practical application. Right. Both are important. I don't think you should just go into something blind necessarily. Um, right. Because then you're using up time and maybe money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there's a balance of that. And mm-hmm. I think that's where the awareness comes in, which is kind of what we're getting into next. Like how do you determine what the right amount is of that? Like, am I consuming too much? And this all comes back to checking in with yourself. And, and in that moment when you are pulling out your phone in a line, just sitting with that and just recognizing what it is that you're doing and how you feel Mm -hmm. about it. Right. So is there a right amount of consumption? And I think, like, obviously your basic needs need to be met, but then past that, like, how do you figure out, okay, I've consumed enough of, of X, so I can, I can move on. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it varies a lot, and it's hard to really pinpoint the right amount. I think this Mm -hmm. is where self-awareness comes in, where you need to decide for yourself what is right for you. And you do Mm -hmm. that by checking in with the behavior. Yeah. And whether or not you're avoiding something else or whether you're like, maybe you turn to your phone or you do this consumptive act because you're procrastinating. You might've mentioned that already. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to uh, feel better or just suppress some uncomfortable emotion, I feel like with technology as readily accessible as it is now, Mm -hmm. um, people are uncomfortable with silence or with doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And whenever they feel that little pull of boredom or just being with themselves and with their own thoughts – we just automatically turn to our phones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's for and sure. And so now we're not really able to cope or self-soothe or just be okay with yeah, silence. I, I think those dopamine dopamine hits are so readily accessible mm-hmm. with your phone. And so now your your brain is used to those. And I think there's there's this thought of like not ever having a bad day or a – a negative emotion or anything like that, but like you need that Mm -hmm. pendulum, you need that seesaw. Like you have to have, like I'm thinking of like the weather here in Hawaii. There, there's never, very rarely ever bad weather. Mm -hmm. Like I I don't check my weather app anymore to see 
you know, is it going to be crap outside so I can't do anything outside or, or what? But I also think that there's, there's eventually, as the longer I live here, there's going to be less appreciation for that good weather. And like maybe I've heard of like weather fatigue being a thing because you don't get the seasons and things like that. I've talked to people that have moved away and come back and they have such an appreciation for like cold weather hmm. when they come back. You know, they they like learn to love it because they didn't experience it hmm. when they were here. So that's kind of what I think about with with that pendulum, I guess, the good and mm-hmm. bad pendulum. Yeah. So if everything is, you know, sunny skies and bright weather, you forget that there are ups and downs. Yeah, because everything is just the same. And so it's not registering as a good thing anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think going one of while you were talking, one other thing that I talked about that I thought about was the I think it's called minimum effective dose. And I think about this in terms of exercise, because if your goal is just to maintain health, like you're not trying to be like a bodybuilder or whatever, then there is such a thing as a minimum effective dose, like the least amount of exercise you can do to just be healthy. Mm -hmm. But people often go past that. And some of it is just because they're not aware. Usually with exercise, people think, the more the better, but it's in those rest periods and recovery periods is when you're actually making those gains. But I think that's a way to decide if you've gone too far. Like what is the minimum effective dose of food that you need, of clothes that Mm -hmm. you need? Like Right. And I think that is relevant. You can pretty much tie that to anything and determine – what is the right amount? But part of that takes some knowledge and understanding of like, it, depending on what it is, like how much is the, you said least effective dose? Minimum effective dose. Minimum effective dose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like taking everything in, in moderation, basically. Yeah. Like nothing is bad on its own and we need to consume in order to survive. So you have to determine what your goals and priorities are. This goes back to values. And Mm -hmm. like you said, if your goal isn't to be a bodybuilder, then it just takes a little bit. And that's just optimizing your time and using Mm -hmm. those resources most efficiently and effectively. Yeah. And this kind of ties into our next question. Like, how do you know when it's too much? How do you know Mm -hmm. when you've overconsumed? And I think some of it is like with you know, food and stuff. Well, you know, you've overconsumed if you feel awful at the end of a meal, mm-hmm. you know, eating is supposed to be a positive experience, but if you do it so much that you're just like, Oh, I don't even want to move, you know? Mm-hmm. And then obviously you've got the bigger too much of that where you end up with health issues. Yeah. So. And I think sometimes, you know, when, in terms of food, you may not even realize it. Mm-hmm. in in the in the moment because it can just be a little too much every time and then over time that's when those health things start to happen so it's like the right. you know the metaphor of like boiling a frog 
Oh, right. Where yeah. The frog stays in the cold pot and then you just turn it up just a little bit and it gets incrementally hotter and hotter and hotter. And before the frog realizes it, its insides are boiling and it dies. Yeah. So I think the same thing happens if we don't have that awareness. That is why that piece is so important. And so mm-hmm. when you are consuming and you recognize that you're consuming something like, for example, I have this game on my phone that mm-hmm. I've picked up recently <laughs> and um, I can, I can literally sit there and play that game. It is so stupid and pointless. Yeah. I can do that for hours Yeah, and I have to recognize, okay, I'm avoiding getting started on work. Whenever I work at home, it's much easier for me to just pick up my phone and and play that game rather than start working. Mm-hmm. And it takes that awareness of what I'm doing. And if I decide, like, here's the thing when it comes to consumption is it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's okay to take it easy. It's okay to just indulge in something that is pointless But if you're going to do it, just do it and enjoy it. Don't guilt yourself and feel bad about the consumption. But part of it's just acknowledging what you're doing rather than just idly consuming something that isn't productive at all. Right. Do you have a trick or like any tips for becoming more aware? Um... I think it would help to first just if you decide that you want to do this and you want to figure out, okay, where where am I consuming? Just make a list of some of the things that you're consuming. And it Mm -hmm. could be general things, you know, food, uh, podcast, games, technology, social media, whatever. Just make a list of all of those things and you could choose one. And with that one, begin tracking you don't necessarily have to write it down, make a schedule, be all formal about that. If you want to do that, you can. But a good place to start is just to, to choose one of those things. And then whenever you do that, just become aware of when you're doing it. If you're avoiding something. Mm -hmm. um, And then like how long you're doing that. Yeah. And just by becoming aware of it and taking note, you tend to change your behavior just by virtue of paying attention. Yeah, I think you did make a good point with talking about choosing one. I think it would be very difficult to pay attention to all these areas. Mm -hmm. But I think everybody knows kind of maybe what area they have a problem with, Mm -hmm. you know. If you're honest with yourself, I'm sure, yeah. And I think that's part of it too is that we don't necessarily – want to look at those things like sometimes we have some guilt about some of the things that we're consuming in excess Mm -hmm. and so we don't want to learn about those things because we don't want to pay attention to that behavior we don't want to change it necessarily yeah I think um in part of that awareness if you get to the why of the reason why you're consuming you know why why am I eating this I'm already full why am I eating right now you know, mm-hmm. why am I reading another book about habits? I've already mm-hmm. read three. Is this one really gonna, you know, gonna help me? Why Why did I decide to pick this up? So I think that's yeah. an important piece of awareness. Yeah. Well. And I think that is 
once you actually identify the procrastinate or the consumption and um, first just getting clear about that, I think the why and what's uncovered under the why is the real challenge because mm-hmm. that goes down to like some deep-seated negative emotions that can be really, really difficult to look at. So that may be something to look at in a in another episode yeah potentially to dig further into that definitely yeah I think in general like consumption and especially over consumption is a sign of a of a bigger problem it's a sign that maybe there's an area of your life that needs to be addressed like there's a missing component in your life mm-hmm. um or whether like you were saying like not addressing other emotions or mm-hmm. the bad emotions and things like that? Well, I, I wouldn't call emotions bad ever. Oh, that's right. You I don't. would say, mm-hmm. uh, just to reframe that, you have positive and negative emotions. Mm-hmm. So they're not good or bad. They're all there for a reason. But negative emotions are what's going to drain you of energy. Yeah. So the same thing with consumption that is overconsumption. That is actually draining your energy. It's taking your time. It's taking your attention. Like all those resources that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, when it comes to negative emotions, the consumption does not take it away. It doesn't solve it. Whenever you stop the consumptive act, it just resurfaces. So that's where you really have to work through negative emotions in order to bring in the more positive emotions that we want to keep around that actually increase our energy. Mm -hmm. And that's where the, the creativity comes in. Yeah. I think that's a good place to, to end the discussion so we can move on to our four cues. So we've asked a lot of questions already. So just go through some of these questions and answer these questions for yourself this week. Now for our next segment, the quest, determine your biggest consumption category. Every time you buy something this week, determine your why first. You can still buy it, but note any patterns that might emerge. So this goes back to our discussion about consumption and determining for yourself what is your consumptive category and really putting the spotlight on that. Yeah, so if your biggest category is buying things, take a look at why. But if your biggest category is something else like food or something like that, you would just want to take a look at like, why are you eating this kind of thing? So that's our quest. So let's uh, move on to the quality creativity segment. Emily, did you have something you wanted to share about this? Yeah. So this kind of goes into consumption because I was thinking about like, since I've lived here in Hawaii, we are very reliant on the supply chain because a lot of things are shipped in. And as everyone knows, there's a huge problem with the supply chain, just in general, just everywhere. But I think we're really affected by it here. So we'll go into the grocery store and shelves will be empty. And that's been really difficult for me because as a planner, I plan out my meals and then I base my grocery list on that. And I... 
I have no backup because it's not anything I've had to worry about before going into the grocery store and not finding six things on my list. So, and, and also because Hawaii is so reliant on outside supply chains, if it's not in one grocery store, it's not going to be in another grocery store. They all come in on the same container ships. So I've had to be creative about, you know, my dinner plans, my grocery list, my things like that to actually be able to put food on the table, you know, having those backup plans and things like, and, you know, what can I sub for this one particular ingredient that I've, that I was originally going to get, but now I can't find. So I've had to learn to be more creative with eating and shopping, especially when it comes to groceries, because that's the most shopping that I do. I don't shop for clothes. But yeah, so I think that is where I'm seeing some quality creativity in my life right now. That's interesting. I've never, so kind of like a an embarrassing truth about me is that <laughs> I have never really paid much attention to supply chain stuff and like what's in the grocery store, what's not. To be fair, I think before all this, most people didn't, so. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, that's when it started is mm -hmm. when COVID first hit and toilet plate paper wasn't available, <laughs> you know? I never thought about things not being available and like why. So now if there's anything missing in the store, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, <laughs> what's happening? I feel like the world is going to end. The forklift um, operator called in. Now I can't get any, any oranges. Yeah. And it's so amazing that just it really highlights and make makes us more aware of sure. how connected we really are which and how I don't fragile think, it is yes yes it yeah. is and I could see how being on an island that's even more you know more yeah obvious. it's it's something that I try not to think about because I do feel like I'm a little bit trapped here mm -hmm. but and just in very vulnerable like this yeah. is not in my zombie apocalypse plan is to be on Hawaii. This is not it. Yeah, you're screwed. Yeah. If there's a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. It's <laughs> the I feel like the only good thing is that it might take them longer to get over here. Unless they're already there. That's true. If it's anything like COVID, they're they are already here. So Uh-huh. They came over on the plane. I guess we'll just see. I'll just see. I'll keep you updated well, on that. I guess that. you could you could take off into the ocean. I'm I'm guessing they can't swim. I haven't seen that in a movie. What what That's are we? True. Where are we at on that? Can zombies swim? I don't know. I haven't seen that yet. Okay. But yeah. But who knows? Well, Maybe that'll be the. You might. You yeah. might just see it. We'll see. I'll let you know. I'll keep everyone updated okay. on that. All right. So our quote today. It takes a. I need to has a little bit of a backstory, a little bit of describing mm -hmm. to really make sure you, you get what it is. But so I was listening to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, which is a really good game show, news game show on NPR. So if you haven't listened, definitely check it out. But they had uh, Riza on there from the Wu-Tang Clan. And turns out he is really, really into HGTV. It's like that's the <laughs> show that him and his wife watch at the end of the night. Wow. Yeah, and one of the panelists on the show was like, yeah, you could really get into trouble like watching a bunch of 
HGTV, you like see all these things you want, all these things that you want to do. You want to renovate your house. You want to change this. You want to buy this new home. You want to do this thing. And he was like, yeah, but sometimes you can find a nice lamp. And so I think the point of that, especially when it comes to consumption, there's all these things that we want to do. We want to, that's always just out of our reach, just to, there's all these things out there that make us want more and want more. It's like, but yeah, sometimes you can find this one thing that you can do. Like I can find this new lamp and this, this is something within my reach, within my control and something that I can do to improve my life. So the quote mm-hmm. for this week is sometimes you can find a nice lamp. That's nice. Yeah. So that is all for this week, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, remember we do want your comments, your suggestions, Make sure you're taking time out to really do some thinking of your own on this. So that's all and have a creative week. Bye.